Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, just looking to track down off the top here, uh, Gary Leff. Uh, he writes about airline travel, viewfromthewing.com. And a really interesting piece today on what happened with United Express Flight 3411. How did it come to be that they had to call in police to drag a man off of the airplane? in order to fit some other people on. Now, again, I think the way United Airlines has handled this, their response to this, the language they've used to describe this, has not gone over well. Uh, Their stock has been taking a bit of a beating today, although it did recover somewhat. But again, this is bad news for the company. This is not the kind of coverage you want. This is not the kind of damage you want to occur to your brand. I mean, Americans do have other choices when it comes to airlines. If people believe that United is just rotten to the core and could care less about its customers, its passengers, that's going to factor into the decisions people make. I think still for a lot of people, the end of the day, I got to get from this city to that city. What's the most convenient? What's the most affordable? Etc. So it's not as though United's going to go out of business. The people are just going to stop using them. But I think it is going to hurt their business. Just the way people perceive how they perceive their customers. So we're learning a little bit more about what happened and learning a little bit more about the individual in question. I think it's kind of awkward for, for this man. Well, I don't think really did anything wrong. Was on the plane, was in his seat, was anticipating flying back to Louisville from Chicago. Apparently as a doctor and was pulling a shift at the hospital the next day and felt as though he needed to get back. There have also been some reports that there were, he was not the first to, to refuse. But for whatever reason, they decided they were at the end of the rope and enough is enough and someone's getting off this plane. But apparently there were a couple of other people who had indicated an unwillingness to get off the plane. So eventually that plane's got to take off. If that plane doesn't take off on time, that's going to cause a whole chain reaction. So the point, some of the points I want to get into with, with our guest off the top is not quite a defense of United Airlines, but the situation they found themselves in. As, uh, as Gary points out, even though airlines do, and United in particular, even though they do routinely overbook flights, technically what happened was not a case of United selling too many tickets for that flight. United Express had to send four crew members to work a flight the next morning. The weekend was operationally challenging. This was a replacement crew. If the employees didn't get to Louisville, a whole plane load of passengers were going to be bumped when that flight was canceled. And likely other passengers on other flights would have had a trickle-down effect. That United couldn't have just sent another plane to take their crew. Even if they had such a plane, it's not clear they had the crew to operate it legally, whether they could have gotten the plane back to Chicago in time legally to prevent bumping. What about finding a different way to get the crew from Chicago to Louisville? 
What's interesting is that the airline is bound by union contracts. And in any case, they were following standard established procedures. And here's the other point, that maybe United could have just kept increasing the not denied boarding offer. If passengers weren't willing to get off at 800, maybe they should have gone to 1,000 or 5,000 or 100,000. But the time this would have taken might have lost a takeoff window or taken time where the crew went illegal or the replacement crew wouldn't get the legally required rest. Now, there are some limits around how much compensation there can be for someone involuntarily denied boarding, as they call it. So there was a limit United could have gone to. And maybe they could have gone a little bit higher. So what's interesting is that there's some rules in place, some agreements in place, and some contracts in place that kind of backed United into a corner in this situation. But as Gary Left notes in his piece, the fault here lies with United for not having as many seats as they sold and allowing this to become a mess. The passenger, he says, who should have got off the plane when ordered to do so. And the Chicago Aviation Police, who shouldn't have responded with the force they did. He says they're the most to blame here. If they hadn't used as much force, this whole thing would have never been a story. So how could this have been handled differently? 403-974-8255. We'll take a quick break here. We'll see if we can track down our guests to get some further thoughts on this uh, situation with United Airlines. A lot more to get to here today. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back, 403-974-8255. We're going to get to Gary Leff in a few minutes, viewfromthewing.com, and his take on what happened here and how this blame needs to be spread around. But looking at the facts of the case and what United was dealing with at the time, this flight 3411 from Chicago to Louisville. Now, there was an internal memo, an email to employees from the CEO of United, And he writes, Dear team, like you, I was upset to see and hear about what happened last night aboard United Express Flight 3411 from Chicago to Louisville. While the facts and circumstances are still evolving, especially with respect to why this customer defied Chicago aviation security officers the way he did, to give you a clear picture of what transpired, I've included below a recap on the preliminary reports filed by our employees. He goes on to say, I do believe there are lessons we can learn from this experience. We're taking a close look at the circumstances surrounding this incident. Treating our customers and each other with respect and dignity is at the core of who we are. We must always remember this, no matter how challenging the situation. So how did they get out of this PR mess? And could this have gone down differently? Well, joining us on the line, we got Gary Left with us. Uh, Viewfromthewing.com is a frequent uh, travel expert. Gary, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Great to be here. Thank you. Right. Now that we've had you know a couple of days almost now to kind of digest this and, and more has started to come out about what happened here, what, what's your sense as to, I guess, first of all, how avoidable this was? Well, this was a combination of everything possible going wrong that, that conceivably could. Uh, what happened in this case never happens, which is why we're talking about it, and it is so unusual. Yeah, it really is. Now, I, I, there's a couple points to clarify, right? Because obviously overbooking does happen in the airline industry and even does happen with United flights. But this wasn't, strictly speaking, a case of overbooking the flight, was it? No, they hadn't. uh, It wasn't. The problem was not that they had simply sold more seats than there were seats on the plane. Uh, They even had gotten to the point where they had boarded the plane and everyone had a seat. They had four crew that they needed to send on the plane to Louisville 
to operate another flight so that they wouldn't have to cancel that flight. And so all of a sudden they had four fewer seats for customers uh, than they had passengers on board. And what they did is they offered uh, as well first, you know, can we get anyone to volunteer in exchange for compensation? And they got up to $800 per person in future travel. And they got up to a free hotel night and travel the next day. And they didn't have any takers. And once they didn't have any takers, uh, they said, okay, you know, we, we have to do this and we have to get the plane out. And so, you know, we're going to, uh, ask for people to deplane based on, I mean, they said what the computer tells us, which is a prioritization that's built into their computer, uh, based on the fare and a frequent flyer elite status of passengers and when passengers have checked in. And they, um, uh, picked the four people that they needed to ask to get off. Now, at that point, is that set in stone? If if one of those four people, like in the uh, situation we had here, is really insistent that, that he needs to stay on this flight, he needs to get where he's going, does it make sense for the airline? Are you you're setting a dangerous precedent by saying, well, okay, you can stay, we're now going to pick somebody else? Yeah, I mean, the problem there becomes if one uh, passenger, if the squeaky wheel gets to stay, and then you're encouraging every passenger just to argue the most, uh, and the airline doesn't want to be in the position of judging, uh, you know, who is the most flexible, who is the most deserving, uh, who desperately needs to be somewhere the most, and they also don't have the time to internalize every possible story, which is why the best possible situation is when they get people to reveal their own preferences by volunteering at a, at a specific price point. And in this case, nobody was willing to volunteer even for $800 worth of travel. Uh, so uh, they can't really be uh, letting folks say, well, but not me because, because everybody on the plane has their own varying story, you know, some perhaps more persuasive than others. And, you know, if, if they take the time even to go person by person, if the flight delays, uh, they may have crew that no longer can uh, operate the flight anymore because they've reached their maximum duty time, then they have to cancel it on everyone. Or in this case where they're flying crew to another flight, the crew have to reach their destination in order to have the required legal amount of minimum rest before flying another flight. So, uh, you know, it's a very complicated operational issue that does require them to move quickly. Uh, It's just in this particular case, then, when a passenger said no, which doesn't usually happen. Now, involuntarily denied boardings themselves are rare. There are 75% fewer of them uh, than before deregulation. And there are even fewer of them as as uh, planes have gotten more full. So the airlines are pretty good at managing this. Uh, it's about 40-some-odd thousand a year in the U.S. over the course of the entire year in all airlines and all passengers. Um, and it doesn't usually lead to a confrontation like this. The problem is the passenger said no. The aviation police were called, and uh, things escalated from there. Now, you, you also, and, and you write uh, in, in your piece on this, that there's some, some blame that should be reserved for the officers who responded here. Now, given that United was in within its rights to order this passenger off, and given that the plane has to take off by a certain point, so there's some urgency to the situation, but given that, how could they have handled it differently? Well, so, you know, what... I, stipulating that we don't have video of what happened before the passenger was being dragged off. And we don't have video of the passenger when he was off the plane before he came back on. 
of the passenger being dragged along the ground and then returning uh, bloody. Uh, the you know, aviation police seem to think that there's at least something potentially wrong with the use of force there because you know one of the officers has been placed on leave from the incident. I, I think that overall the issue is that uh, in aviation, in our post-9-11 world, things are uh, much more security conscious than they used to be. We've turned customer service issues into law enforcement issues. So the first instinct is to call aviation police. They're within their rights to do it. Um, not disagreeing there, but you know, disagreeing with a crew member is itself effectively considered an offense that escalates quickly. And in this case, that escalation led to particular officers who uh, you know, other passengers on the plane have said uh, didn't really identify themselves, simply immediately started barking orders at a passenger in an already tense situation. Uh, so, you know, one would hope that uh, if officers were called, that the emphasis would be initially on diffusing the situation, uh, rather than in this case, it wound up being escalated. Right. And, you know, United's in a tough spot where they, I think, want to defend themselves here, but obviously they recognize that this is kind of a PR nightmare for them. Do you, do you see an easy way out here for the for the airline? Well, I mean, I think what the airline should have done, I mean, needs to do, is you know, recognize that something really bad did happen. So on the one hand, they want to stand behind their employees and not throw them under the bus. They don't really have the facts or want to be in a position of throwing under the bus the airport police who responded. They did seem to follow their internal procedures, although you know perhaps over time those procedures will improve. What, what United really needs to do is say, you know, this is something terrible that happened. It's not acceptable. You know, we believe that our employees followed uh, their procedures. We're going to need to look at those procedures. We're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. And they need to come out forcefully by by instead initially uh, apologizing for having to reaccommodate customers instead of apologizing for a customer having them dragged through the aisle uh, and bloodied. Um, they, they come off as completely sort of unfeeling, not recognizing the gravity of the situation. And people really are up in arms about this all over the world because they don't have the sense that this couldn't happen to them uh, and because it really does feel like an unfair situation perhaps without all of the facts, but most people don't have the space right now to invest in sort of understanding exactly why each decision was made along the way or the yeah. potential consequences of doing something else. All they see is United not really taking ownership for it. Um, at the same time, they're, they're not wholly to blame. There's plenty of blame to go around. Uh, but when the CEO comes out and makes statements that appear to uh, you know, downplay the issue as opposed to you know, owning the issue, that just causes people to get more up in arms rather than diffusing things. Yeah. At this point, I think the CEO ought to go, you know, owning the issue, that just causes people to get more up in arms rather than diffusing things. Yeah. At this point, I think the CEO ought to go on late night TV, take his punches over it, uh, and make clear that they are you know, going to not let this happen again uh, to, to reverse some of the tide here. All right. Well, we got to leave it there, Gary Moore. It's uh, viewfromthewing.com. Thanks for your insight on this. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, we got a lot more to get to. It's time now, though, for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.